Welcome to FIO on the Air, the voice of the festivals and events industry in Ontario. Please welcome our CEO and your host, Dave McNeil. Hello and welcome to FIO on the Air. We've got Sammy Felschenfield from Volunteer Toronto joining us. Today we're going to talk about uh, retention and recognition of volunteers. Sammy, welcome. Thanks for having me. So we, we went through the process in our first episode about recruitment and promotion. Now we've got those volunteers. How do we keep them? How do we keep them engaged and, and coming back and wanting to do more? It's, uh, it's not an easy thing, and it's a question I get asked all the time. Um, I'm going to just jump in with the, the number one thing that I tell everybody right off the bat to, to really improve retention of your volunteers is to get to know the reasons why your volunteers are volunteering, because those reasons are what keeps them, what brought them there, but it's also going to be what keeps them there. And I'll talk about that a bit more as we go as well. It's, it's important to, to recognize and, and, and mentor the people. A lot of people are coming in for that experience and, you know, using things in their toolbox that they're not using as much as they'd like to. So it's important that, you know, we talked about having the job description, that, that you live up to that description. You don't lure them in with, with oh, glories of grandeur, and you're going to do this and you're going to do that, and then just have them do grunt work. Yeah, exactly. It's one of the basic pieces of volunteer recognition is just recognizing them as valued members of the team, no matter what their role is. So part of that is absolutely making sure that what they're doing is what they expect it to be doing on the position description, but also being able to know that what they're doing is is, is impacting the work of, of the event and the organization. So every little thing makes an impact and they're there for a reason. Uh, and that, that ties into their motivations as well. It ties into the reason they came to volunteer. Maybe somebody came because they need their, their high school hours. Maybe somebody came because they sit at a desk all day and they would love to do something more fun by standing up and talking to people at an event instead. And again, the, the recognition part, I mean, you can't say thank you enough and you can't say it and there's not too many ways to say it. But if you forget that one time, I mean, that, that could be crucial. Oh yeah, absolutely. The, one of the number one reasons, one of the number one ways that volunteers want to be recognized is being told thank you. And when I mention this in my workshops and talk to volunteer managers, saying, "Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it," and I'm saying it doesn't, it can't just be you. It has to be everyone that might manage a volunteer, that might supervise a volunteer, anyone who is is representative of the organization needs to be saying that thank you. And a way to make it easier is to also incorporate the impact of the volunteer's work. So not just saying thank you for what you did today, but thanks to you, we were able to bring in 600 people into the event off the street because of the work that you were doing. And because of that, we were able to do this, that, and the other thing as well. And I think long-standing organizations that really do have good volunteer programs do that. And they recognize their volunteers throughout everything they do. And and they share the success of their their story and and explain that it's not possible without the volunteers. Yeah, exactly. And, and some of these, for some organizations, large, small, uh, old, new, they, they can sometimes fall into patterns. Some of those patterns are really successful. So they're really good at saying thank you. They're really good at making it clear why the work was successful. But other patterns might be uh, might be that they do uh, an event every year and they assume that the event is working for everyone. Well, Volunteer Toronto had been doing one for years and years. Each year, fewer and fewer of our volunteers would come. And we've discovered that the event was more for the staff um, and maybe more for those volunteers that do keep coming back and the other ones weren't interested anymore. So we had to make changes to address what was working and what wasn't working with the, that event. And, and the recognition thing, I'm, you know, you've got the one-on-one thank you and as many people from your organization that can do that, 
great. You've got your written thank yous and, and appreciation notes. But I think the other th- important thing when you're recognizing volunteers, whether it's for great service or um, terms of commitment, you know, you've been a five-year volunteer, you've been a 10-year volunteer, is to do that in front of their peers whenever is possible as well. Exactly. And it's best to do that in an in. It's hard to say, but in, in an informal way, but still have it be formal. So some organizations will do their milestones and awards, again, at a banquet or a major event. Some, uh, it, it's, it just doesn't work for some people. If you have an event in March and then you do, you, you have an event with your volunteers in March and then you do a recognition event for the volunteers six months later, no one remembers and maybe they won't care as much as well. So you need to do it in a venue that will work for, for everyone. I've seen at festivals where at the beginning of the day, all the volunteers come together and, uh, and the volunteer supervisor or coordinator will celebrate some of the, the great things some volunteers did the day before. And it sort of starts everyone off on, on a good foot for that day so that they can go into their work being, I want to be the one celebrated tomorrow. Exactly. I think that's a great point. And, and it's important to do that. You can't do it too many times. You can do it at the beginning of the event, as you talked about. You could do it at the end of the event. Um, you know, the next time you get together as a group to plan something, you could recognize them. Again, you can't do it too many times. You really can't. Uh, volunteers will tell you when they feel they've been recognized enough. Um, and if that's the case, then you just simply stop doing it, and no one's going to notice that. But we we have seen that before, volunteers saying, I've been doing this for 50 years with different organizations. I feel I've had enough recognition. I want to help recognize new volunteers. So then they become a part of that process as well. Festivals and Events Ontario supports a lively, engaged, and dedicated festival and events industry. Purchase your Festivals and Events Ontario membership today and get a team of people working to help you succeed. Here's just a few benefits that membership provides. Promotion, saving money, networking, industry awards, supplier discounts, communications, skills development, and so much more. So many benefits, so little cost. Buy your membership today. Contact us now, Debbie at festivalsandeventsontario.ca. The voice of festivals and events in Ontario. Feel on the air continues. Here again is our host, Dave McNeil. Sammy, in a couple of our episodes, and, and I think in this one you mentioned it as well, as the high school students that have to get that 40 hours of service in. Um, I, I've, I've talked to a number of, of people in the festival world, and, and they're having a hard time getting uh, those people after they've put in those 40 hours. Are you finding that? Like, I'm, I'm, It's almost that the millennial group, once they've done that, they, you know, there's a certain group of them that feel that they, their volunteer service is over now, that their their volunteer career is complete, they did their 40 hours and they're done. What are you finding? Yeah, that is the same, and it's been that way for a long time. It's been a long time since I've been in high school, but I remember many of my, my friends, they finished their 40 hours, and the challenge is to, to find a way to not just have a volunteer opportunity where it's essentially 40 hours and it's okay for them to be done, but it's creating lifelong volunteers. This might be the first volunteer experience for a lot of these people. For me, uh, I volunteered over 400 hours in high school, but here I am working for the Volunteer Center, so no surprise there. Um, for, for a lot of people, for, especially for a lot of youth, they need to know that their volunteer opportunity is not a one-off thing. So some of that onus is on the organization to make it as great an experience as possible and something that keeps them coming back as well, because then there'll be an opportunity in, in the future for them to teach new volunteers and to guide new people and be part of orientation. Um, but there's definitely, the, there's, there's no lies about it. It's, uh, 
uh, it's a continuing trend, and it's, I think, been that way since the 40 hours were implemented. Now, the other thing is, um, and, and, you know, there's several event management courses uh, throughout colleges around the province. And, and, and again, you know, part of their commitment to the program is to volunteer and to do some work with festivals and events throughout, throughout the province. But, again, once they're finished, that, whether it's a one-year or a two-year program, it's hard to get a volunteer base out of there when in fact some volunteer experience is probably great on the resume i mean a lot of the students felt you know i've got my one or two years in now i've got to start getting some cash in the bank and fair statement but uh, you know it's sometimes that volunteer commitment and that volunteer service is what's going to put you above the rest of the uh, resumes in the pile Oh yeah, absolutely, and that's that's why motivation is is such a big factor for volunteers. Some people will do it because they they did the one or two years, but they might learn learn as they enter the workforce. I need more on my resume, or I need a very specific skill set that I can't get yet to get a different job. And it's one of those things where it'll keep them coming or keep them interested in volunteering. And really, it's okay for volunteers to move on and be done be done with it. You want to focus your retention energy on the ones who who can and will stay because they're going to be better volunteers and also be able to do more for your organization in the future. Just before we get off that point, I think that's an important sure. place of where to look for volunteers as well as you might have somebody that's been doing one thing in your organization for five years and maybe a change in your organization is what they need to keep them motivated and engaged and, and then you still have that volunteer around. Absolutely. Sometimes volunteers just need to change roles and that's all it is. They've been doing the same thing for years. They get really good at it and they might be afraid to say, I'm not interested anymore. I love this organization. Can I do this other thing instead as well? Sorry, I cut you off. You had another train of thought going there. For sure. I was just jumping off of the the people who are motivated from a career standpoint is that those are the ones who often want things like reference letters or something to add to a portfolio or something just to, to kind of go over and above to prove what they were able to do. And I think when somebody asks you for a reference letter, the onus is on you to write a good letter. And much like you described in your job description is keynote some of the things that that volunteer has done for you, the milestones that they've helped you achieve and and everything in there. Don't just use your standard form letter. Uh, I, I agree, but I will also add on that don't do a reference letter for absolutely everybody, and it's okay to say no if someone asks for a reference letter. If somebody gave you six hours of their time, you barely know them, you don't really know what they did, don't feel like you need to give give them a reference letter. You really should be doing that for the people that you feel comfortable enough to be able to give that information for. Sammy Felchenfield from Volunteer Toronto is joining us. We're talking about volunteers. More in a minute when we return on FIO on the Air. Become a Festivals and Events Ontario member today and join a family of more than 500 members that represent over 1,400 festivals and events in Ontario. Knowledgeable, dedicated and passionate event organizers and volunteers who can help make your event a success. Membership fees range in price depending on the size of your festival or event. If you're a supplier of goods or services, you can also become a member and get connected with planners across the province. So many benefits, so little cost. Buy your membership today. Contact us now, Debbie at festivalsandeventsontario.ca. Welcome back. FIO on the Air continues. Here again is our host, Dave McNeil. We're back with Theo on the air. Sammy Felschenfield from Volunteer Toronto joins us. Sammy, what are some of the um, barriers to retaining good volunteers? Um, There's a few. Some of them, uh, I will say right off the bat, nobody can do anything about. Volunteers do just move on. Um, And it's not always necessary to find out why volunteers might leave. Uh, What's important is that volunteers don't leave 
before their next shift or in the middle of a shift or out of nowhere. It's ideal that they kind of finish their commitment or finish what they, they were doing and move on. And really the heart of that is is burnout. Um, and volunteer burnout, we've all seen it. We've seen it in, in jobs and in volunteering and even in life. Um, but the definition we work with is burnout is fatigue or apathy that results from work that is stressful, emotionally draining, uh, and or demanding. Wow. <laughs> I can relate to almost every one of those <laughs> yeah. at some point or another when you're, when, when you're out in the workforce and doing stuff. How, how do you keep that uh, volunteer-based um, energized and, and, and ready to go? So there, there's kind of a few sides to this. The, the first thing is sort of something you do before you have any volunteers or you take, before you take new volunteers. Determine if burnout is at risk of happening. So if you have an event that's five days long and you need volunteers, you need so many volunteers, you need volunteers to do 10 to 12-hour shifts, right away you know there's going to be a burnout issue because that, that might just be too long, maybe too much or not enough for them to do. It's going to cause them to burn out. So can you make changes ahead of time to deal with the risks? On the other side is really just just thinking of, of, again, those motivations. I keep bringing them up. What keeps people coming back every day? What keeps them interested? What keeps them engaged? And really playing into that. So uh, I'm going to pick on some arts and culture festivals because I've done a lot of volunteering for them. A lot of people are motivated just by free tickets. So to plays, to movies, to music shows, whatever it might be. And for a lot of people, that's enough to get through burnout because that's what they're there for. But if someone's there for some, for a very different kind of motivation, you need to find a different way. To, you need to find a different way to keep them energized and engaged. And again, a, a great way of doing that is recognition and talking about the impact. But for some people, it might just be, hey, let's sit down and talk about what's going on. Maybe there's something else going on here as well. Do you have a formula or an algorithm that, um, say, an event needs six volunteers for eight hours? How many should you be looking for realistically to make sure you're covered? Because I, I know in a lot of instances, you just can't have enough volunteers. Yeah, and I've seen, I've seen definitely more, um, more extra volunteers in events where people are extra worried, and that's a good thing. So if you, our practice is that if you were looking for six volunteers, we're going to recruit 10. Um, and that's, it, it, it's not really an algorithm. It's, it's less than 50, an extra 50%, but... It's never too. It's never a bad thing to have extra if you know you'll be able to use them, or if you know you can rely on the fact that people may not show up for whatever reason. It might happen. Where it gets tricky is when you need two volunteers for a very specific role. Um, so maybe you need people who have a very specific skill set um, to do uh, to be handling cash, but everyone else you're not as worried about the numbers. That becomes a challenge because if you need two volunteers and you recruit another two, you just might have extra people. So the real uh, important part is making making it clear at the beginning of the process, if you want to volunteer, this is what we expect from you. If you can't make it in, this is the process for letting us know. Um, would, are you able to be standby? Those kinds of things and really addressing that ahead of time. But and, the higher number of people you need, the more likely you can recruit extra people. Right. And, and I think when you talk about your burnout as well, is if you need six people, you recruit 10 and all 10 show up. You've now got an opportunity to say to you know your people two at a time is go and enjoy the festival for a couple hours and come back and uh, and and we'll, you know break it up into two hour shifts or shorter shifts so that you can exactly. engage everybody and everybody gets a chance to enjoy the festival as well. Absolutely, uh, and that's if you're able to do that. <laughs> and how how about the uh, and I, I don't know that you'll have an answer, but it's a tough one as well. Is a lot of times how do you communicate to your volunteer? 
that they that they are i mean your job descriptions are one way to do it but that they're an important part of your thing they're not there just to watch what's going on they're they're working they're they're part of the organization and making this happen one of the best ways this is a really good question <laughs> something i haven't thought about that much but one of the best ways that springs to mind immediately if a volunteer has ever attended that event or any event before is to remind them to, or have them to think about, okay, look around at that event, how many people are volunteers? How could any of this happen without them? So it's one thing to say, we couldn't do this without you, but also saying, the moment you got there, who helped you with parking? The moment you had to get a ticket, who helped you in that? The moment that you had to find where you needed to go, who helped you with that? The moment that somebody helped you with food, the moment that, so all the moments throughout the day, to make sure that every community member, every client, every customer, whatever you refer to them as, has the best possible experience, and that each and every person is vital to that. Even the person who needs to stand in a corner saying, no, you can't go that way and giving the actual information that's going to help them know why that's important as well. And you know those bright colored volunteer t-shirts, so, you know, some people love them, some people hate them, but you know, it, it's a sign for a well-run organization or event that if you see somebody in one of these t-shirts, you know that they, they can help you out or point you in the right direction. Exactly. And there's a lot of pride that comes with helping just one person out, helping them solve a problem, helping them find where they're going. And that's something that can stick with a volunteer. And that's even the kind of thing that will help them come back the next day. That's happened to me many times in different event volunteering where I've had a couple great interactions. And that's what got me through and got me excited and really kept me from burning out because I wanted more of those kind of interactions. And and again, that volunteer engagement is so important. And, and if you think of your event from the minute you leave your car in the parking lot to the minute you get back in your car, uh, most times those first people you're going to meet right through the process are volunteers. And, and to have your great volunteers as those first few steps or your last few steps saying thank you and I mean, they true, truly are an extension of your organization and your um, your mission and your everything else that that they re- they're representing you. Definitely, and I think it's and that's something where good recruitment at the beginning brings in those great volunteers. If you bring in amazing volunteers, it's a lot less likely that they're, that they're going to leave. <laughs> Sammy Felschenfield from Volunteer Toronto has been with us. We've been, we're doing a series on volunteers. This is our second episode. Uh, when we come back next time, we're going to talk about performance and management of volunteers. Sammy, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Feel on the Air, the voice of festivals and events in Ontario. 